Hey, I'm Rowita, and I'm not quite a doctor. I'm Ray, and I'm not quite a lawyer. And I'm Raged, and I'm not quite a politician. And you're listening to the Not Quite Professionals podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Quite Professionals podcast. We have a very exciting episode for you today. We will be talking about graduating during a pandemic and everything that comes with that topic. Uh, Before we get started, we know we start each episode by talking about what we're drinking. And today I am accompanied by a lovely oat milk latte. What y'all drinking? Yeah, okay. I feel like it's not fair that you always start with the the freaking fancy drink that you have because I always say water. And it's water again this time. And it'll be water next time probably. <laughs> this time I've I'm happy to announce that I've upgraded to a Earl Grey tea. Um, the budget has increased. The budget has increased since our first episode. We got some sponsors. That's a joke. We haven't. <laughs> um, but like, we, um, so I have some in my cup here, a Earl Grey tea with some honey and some milk. That's my go-to. Sometimes I throw in some lemon, but today I was like, let's keep it tame. Let's, let's, let's do the classic. So that's yeah. what I'm drinking. We love that. Honestly, guys, I always have coffee, I know, but there will be gonna be jinx one day i'm gonna show up with a glass of water too and i'm gonna you're gonna get rolled out on. you'll live yeah, i'm gonna get peasant lifestyle <laughs> yeah so this week i know we're gonna be talking about covid and graduating since we all did finish our undergraduate degrees during as i like to say arguably the, un- the worst time in history <laughs> these unprecedented times we i hope this email finds you that. well yeah, don't even start. Um, so here in Canada, we started quarantining um, around March 13th was when we got announced that Ontario was going under lockdown. Mm-hmm. And we went until about the end of May, I think, before uh, stage one even started. And that feels like ages ago, in my opinion. It's actually kind of crazy yeah. that that was yeah. only just a couple months ago. Oh. But what's what's interesting is that that very first announcement of going under lockdown was the first I've had in my own lifetime and that we've all had and it's really weird and scary but I want to know where were you guys during during that announcement or like when you found out um I think I actually saw Ray the day before that they told us that we needed to stay home which was so wild yeah because we were just hanging out like it was normal mm-hmm. and then just like the next day we got an email from like u of t being like you know we're gonna reevaluate classes and stuff and then i think like a day later they were like don't come back to campus so it all happened very very sudden i think i was um in class when they sent the initial sort of email of like lockdown but then then like I stayed home the Friday like I didn't have any classes and they sent it and I was like well that was that (laughs) that was my last day at campus yeah I yeah for me it was like we we had I saw Roweda um we like got food and we hung out the day and then the day after I still had actually had class on the Thursday I remember it was a class that we'd bring a lot of speakers like industry professionals to come speak to us and then um it was the night of that day that they announced the next day 
don't come. Like, it's like we're doing lockdown now. So um, it was pretty crazy. I was at home when they did the announcement because it was after class. I had already gotten home. And people were already speculating at this time. I think it's a similar thing for everyone across the universities. Everyone was already having discussions of when they think the lockdown was going to happen. Me personally, I thought it was going to happen a lot later than it did. I didn't think yeah. it would be so soon. I was talking with one of my friends and um, he predict his prediction was on the like, like he nailed it. Like it was perfect when he predicted it. But for me, I was like, it's going to be later, but he ended up being right. <laughs> and um, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like, like you said, Rickett, like it's the first thing, it's like the, this is such a new experience for everyone in this era, right? So it, it, you definitely remember, I think a lot of people have a pretty clear image of that. When time. they got the email, yeah. yeah. When they got that email, yeah. when, or like close to that time, their last day and everything. It's, it, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. I was eating steak when I got that email. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I was on a, I was on my private trip, jet. You call it. <laughs> no, I was on a business trip for my fellowship. Um, and I was gone, I think the Wednesday or the Thursday to like the Friday or something. And we had a big uh, dinner after it was a bunch of like caucus meetings. And so after that, we all went out to this like lakeside dinner. And I remember like sitting there eating my steak and I got it. I got a notification up for an email and I didn't check it. But then my phone started blowing up from like people texting me. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's when I knew something was like related to something else. And then I opened it and Western was like, we're going online. Don't show up to class. Yeah. You know, we're the semester is like finishing up online. I was like, okay, vibes. Like I didn't really, to be fully yeah, honest, I didn't take it in seriously. The moment, I was very, I was actually a little bit relieved because it started to get a little bit scary as a commuter, seeing a lot of people on the train, like wearing masks and stuff. I was like, it is very real possibility that I could you know, get infected um, and then like spread it to my family members and stuff. So I was starting to get a little concerned. And my mom was even like, can you like not, can you like skip class? Like maybe there's recordings and stuff like that. So when they sent that first email, I was like, thank God. And like, I don't think we thought that it was going to be this long of a lockdown. No, out of no y'all. way. Yeah. I straight so, up was like, okay, online learning until the end of the semester. I can vibe with that. I didn't, what I didn't, think was going to happen was like I knew lockdown was coming but to the extent that it came like yeah then it was the following Monday or whenever it was that the Ontario government was like everyone shut down like declaring the homes. state of emergency yeah. yeah declaring the state of an emergency and like it was really interesting for me because during like my fellowship is with the Association of Municipalities Ontario and so we deal directly with the Ontario government so I had like the Ontario at that side of like the professional coming out with like the state of emergency and like why yeah. it was such a big deal and I was like oh my god she had a little direct, cray. uh her, her at the office that you work at you have like your <laughs> cell your your little cube mate is Doug Ford he turns around hey we're good I'm gonna get you the inside scoop <laughs> I'm gonna just let like, you know we're going under lockdown soon we're going under lockdown heads up oh my god <laughs> but it was definitely crazy like after that I think we all got into this like corona that's when it just started to feel a lot real because it was so we were in our bubble and like nothing was happening here and then you know we took it seriously here because cases yeah. started to rise yeah masks were starting to be mandatory yeah like the vibe 
it just was really it shifted very very fast it did i think the moment for me where i was like oh my god this is real was when the i don't know if you guys remember the like bulk buying the stock buying that everyone was that doing. was scary that actually oh made me like terrified only because of the mass kind of hysteria around it and the mass mm-hmm. kind of um paranoia and the problem with that though was that even if you were someone like me for example who didn't genuinely think you needed to stockpile that much in that moment you had to kind of respond to it because people were doing it at such a frequent rate that you were nervous yourself so when I saw like you know all this stuff in my house and all this stuff like people were packaging and taking especially toilet paper for some reason which till still to this day I have no clue why that was the hot item but um yeah it makes no sense but um there that was the moment where I was kind of like okay this is somewhat of an apocalypse looks kind of doomsday-esque to me yeah yeah it was it was reigniting some of my past conspiracy theories of the stuff that would creep me out as a kid and I was like oh my god this is kind of crazy um so that was that was crazy when I saw that stuff that was the first moment where I was like wow okay this is real um looking back that response was a little bit you know quick to its people jump to a conclusion pretty quickly but at the same time because of the lack of knowledge everyone had on the virus I think it was a natural response I want to say mm. but at the same mm. time like it led to a lot of fear-mongering that I think Definitely. was a little bit more unwarranted but that was probably the first moment that I was like wow like oof this is getting serious yeah I think what also freaked me out was like a few weeks into it going to the grocery store and seeing like empty shelves Mm -hmm. and seeing like a lot of products being unavailable and like sort of considering and like seeing sort of firsthand the systemic and the global impact of it like oh of course this item is imported it's not available right now like it's a little trippy to think about like how much it has affected like literally every single person on earth I will also say I was listening to an audiobook at the time oh. called um, Severance by Ling Ma. And if anyone knows that book, it's literally about like an apocalyptic pandemic. Um, oh but gosh. it's sort of a, it's sort of like a capitalism. Like the pandemic is like a bit of a, a symbol, symbolism in the book. But like at the time, like the, the narrator is like describing how like New York streets are empty and there's only a few people. And I was like sort of freaking out a little bit. Like it sort of felt apocalyptic in that moment probably not the best literary choice (laughs) at the time now that i think about it i recommend that book it's it's pretty good um but yeah yeah it was scary honestly i will never be able to describe the feelings Mm -hmm. that were associated with that two to three months that we were fully in lockdown and when everything was announced and even schoolwork like i felt like i was just doing it i didn't yeah at that point, I just, it didn't feel like, I mean, in all reality, it really wasn't the biggest concern to me at that point. Cause I was like, okay, I'm graduating, but like, there's a global pandemic happening. I don't even know yeah. if I'll get my final grade. Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of concerned because you don't know the severity of what it would be like in Canada. Yeah. Cause you see, we saw so much of like the international world, you know, crippled by how this virus affected them and it was just a waiting game of is this going to happen to us or not oh yeah Yeah. I remember like all of my 
I don't even remember half of my assignments or my exams or how oh. I did them. Yeah. I definitely was not how I expected to end. Yeah. My I definitely not. Yeah, no, that was that's actually a really good point, I think, because we can talk a little bit more about our um like post graduating, but while we were in the semester, I think that point that you raised, Regret, about the grades suddenly mattering a lot less actually yeah. resonated with me and it, it went a little bit further for me because it went as deep as at the time, by the way. I didn't have my, I didn't know if I was going to law school yet because I still wasn't admitted. Um, and I was having a very tough conversation with myself. I was having a very real conversation with myself. And it kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, there's a global pandemic going on. There are some things in life that happen that are so crazy and unexpected and like world shaking that I was kind of just like, this one thing happening for me is literally not the end of the world. Like it, yeah. it kind of gave me some release from it, which I think was needed. Um, there was anxiety because of the unprecedented nature of it, but also I think to the grades point, even that to me, I was like, yeah, like, let me just get this over with. And then assignments had no motivation. And then the outcome of law school, I was like, you know, I was so hoping for it, but I was also like, if it doesn't happen, like there are literally so many more things important in, the, in life. So. I think that the silver lining that happened for a lot of people was that this virus made us understand, I guess, how arbitrary things are. And I was about to say, it gives yeah. like a very comforting perspective mm -hmm. to some of the things that we tend to overthink a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, speaking of like, speaking of like um, grades and stuff like that, I think like, if anything, like, yeah, I was definitely a lot less... Um, concerned in terms of how I was doing but then at the same time it almost felt like school for me was the only thing that I could be working on in that moment because yeah. there was legitimately nothing else to do so there was something so emotionally draining of having the only productive work be something that I just could not care less about in that moment yeah. and it was just so like I remember just like okay let I'll just study like two days before this. The test is online. I don't care. Like I have my notes. It doesn't matter. And so that, that sucks. Cause like, as a, you know, uh, like I said, last episode, I'm a cool person who likes to be cool. Um, so I don't, so I hate saying cringe remarks like this, but I enjoy school and I like learning. And so it was very sad to not enjoy something that I tend to like, especially cause I was taking courses that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So that added to the fact that we were stuck at home added to the fact that you know we didn't know what was going on mm -hmm. like in terms of the future was very very uncomfortable and scary for me mm -hmm. yeah yeah not knowing I think is so huge too because I think it really set in perspective of what time really is like that sounds so weird to say but I remember because I had everything I had my whole summer planned out when mm. before the pandemic happened I was like I'm gonna finish school in April I'm gonna graduate in June I had a bunch of more I had like a couple more business trips planned for May and June and yep. I remember even at the meeting that I was in March before the lockdown happened we were literally talking about the June meetings because it was in like Perry Sound and Perry Sound's beautiful in the summer but we were talking about that and I was like yeah it's gonna be great like we're gonna have so much fun and it's gonna be great conversations 
And then I was planning a trip for the summer to go see my family overseas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's great. And then I'm going to come back. I have to move to Ottawa, start my master's. And as soon as the pandemic hit and we were on lockdown for two months, and then it was really starting to feel like, okay, it's going to take a lot of time for the province to open back up and, you know, let alone the rest of the country. Travel was the last thing I was, yeah. you know, thinking about. It's just everything I had planned in a, in four months, just, it was just gone. gone. It was mm. just gone. And mm. it really showed me because I'm an, I'm a planner and you know, you both know that I take my schedule very seriously and I oh, yeah. like to jot everything down in my calendar. But it, so it was really hard for me to accept that I didn't know what was going to happen and that yeah. I really had no idea what the outcome by August was. Like I, us being here now, we're in stage three there's a lot more movement, you know, mm -hmm. people are out and about, masks are mandatory, you know, in public spaces. Back in May or even April, never, I never would have predicted this is what August would have looked like. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. within the pandemic, like it was so hard to understand. Like the concept yeah. of time just, it was foreign to me. Speaking to that a bit, like there's a very insightful Vlogbrothers video by John Green uh and oh sorry hank green did this one and he basically was talking about how uh the obliteration of expectation and how the pandemic just entirely obliterated the normal expectations that you have for your own life whether it be things that you planned like you were just talking about going overseas and stuff like that those sort of you know goals and bucket list items were just completely eliminated but at the same time the expectations that you actually didn't know you had so mm -hmm. for me one of those was graduation I, I knew I was going to have a graduation but when they said we're not graduating in person I didn't realize that I had this expectation and this vision in my head of going down to con convocation hall and taking yeah. pictures and dressing up and getting my diploma and that was just like entirely just like it just dissipated in front of me God. and so it's scary to think about the the hidden expectations that I just yeah. they just got yanked out from underneath us right that's actually it's crazy you mentioned that because um we can i actually do want to talk a little bit more about this um also on the topic of during the pandemic but working during the pandemic which is something that both myself and roweda and reged you were working as well too during at some point ish yeah yeah fellowship sort of fellowship. my fellowship is like i classify yeah. it as work but so it's, yeah, we were we were all in a position of that, but to the point of just the expectations, um, one of my supervisors at the place that I was working at during the pandemic, she sold to me, she was like, oh, Ray, like that really sucks that you're not going to have that in-person ceremony or that in-person graduation. And at the time, I hadn't even thought about that. And she was, I was like, she's right. Like, I like, this is a moment in someone's life that you know, I may never get now. And yeah. to, to Ryerson's stance on that, they have actually still announced that it's still postponed. They actually haven't formally canceled it yet. I saw an updated email, I think not too long ago, but um, they, they're technically still gonna, it's still gonna happen. But just the fact that it didn't align in the proper way, it, it's interesting because it's a letdown because that's such a quintessential university moment. That's such a quintessential moment for anyone in any kind of, academic setting where you have the graduation ceremony it's like the picture perfect ending that's where you can say this is done right mm -hmm. um 
but you know to not have that it's it's bad but it's also like it's unique in a sense that no other generation will probably have something like this ending that we have so it it makes us unique in that sense but um to to more on the point about the job market and working during the pandemic i want us each to talk about our experiences with that um one of us Roweda, she had she actually found a job during the pandemic I was working at a job that I had acquired prior to it. Um, and I just want to kind of talk a little bit about that experience, um, how it was to secure the job during the pandemic and um, also just generally working during the pandemic, like at the day to day, what that was like, how you're feeling. So I'm gonna pass it to Roweda for that. Um, good segue. <laughs> I like that. Sorry, I'm lost. I was lost in your words. Um, yeah, securing a job during the pandemic, definitely not easy. I would say I had help with it because I knew somebody who was in the company already. So they were able to help me a little bit in terms of like what they were looking for. I would also say like, like I love the job. It was, you know, a good way to spend my time and I'm thankful for the, for the opportunity it gave me. Um, but I would say that it, it wasn't directly in my sort of career of choice. It was a bit more adjacent to it. And it was a bit like, it was kind of undershooting what my actual like capabilities are as like an, a potential employee. Um, so like, I sort of had to aim a little bit lower just because a lot of the mm -hmm. other jobs, like, you know, I, I wasn't getting responses or just like they had other people who were more qualified than I was who needed work. And I guess, you know, prioritizing them made more sense than somebody who just graduated undergrad. Um, yeah, like it was, it was not easy to find a job. A lot of people didn't respond or just like, I know, I know like previous, uh, there was like a, a few research internships that I wanted to apply for and like they just completely deleted the the page oh. on their website that said like <laughs> yeah sorry to keep your hopes up. Said, control um, alt delete yeah <laughs> they literally went in and like deleted the html page because it because like oh, their no. summer jobs for students were just no longer available That's so that was a little after like it was a little scary um I will say like in terms of like actually working our, the office that I worked at was really, really small. So, mm -hmm. and like everyone had their own rooms and the floor that we were on was way too big for our company. So we were like very separated. So we didn't have to wear masks because everyone was very far apart. Like I was like, oh. like 10 to like 20 feet from like the closest person's oh, room. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was like literally across the hall. Um, so it was like, I didn't wear masks to work or anything like that and it was a very small circle of employees so I wasn't too concerned in terms of like catching anything from them mm -hmm. um I was more concerned that I was gonna give like I was gonna catch something just because I have like a first line worker in my family like direct family mm -hmm. so like who I live with so it would that was a bit of a concern but I, I kind of got lucky in the sense that um it was a very safe job for a pandemic um like I can only say like I'm, I'm very grateful because I know a lot of people and a lot of friends that I have who you know they're they're the opportunity that was lined up for them got completely you know just just destroyed mm -hmm. by the pandemic or you know they they had to renegotiate certain things with their employer because they didn't have funding anymore and all that stuff so I really really sympathize with or empathize with people who like 
are struggling right now yeah. um, to, to find a position. And right now, like I'm that, you know, what I was working on was a summer job. Um, so right now, like looking forward, I'm like, what am I, you know, I need to move on to the next thing. And, and still sort of the aftershocks of the cut, uh, the, the funding cuts and the financial difficulties are there. So it's rough. It's very rough. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I can't imagine like going through that and just kind of having to find something too because you also had like plans and all that kind of stuff. So it's like trying to compensate and figure something out and my over planning mind can't handle that. But I do respect <laughs> you for that I, a lot. I think my yeah. situation was a little different because I guess I don't know what's classified as work, fellowship, whatever it was. I was I had a work Well load. work is when they pay you. For things yeah typically i'd be compensated okay with with cash <laughs> with, with money with what? Or what are you <laughs> with money yes yes, yes 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 okay yes. so that's a job though you were working it's a job but like it's an honorarium so like that's why it's hard to you know because it's a fellowship and i feel fellowship has its own i feel like it's distinguished itself in a category sure. of work yeah at least to me it's okay. not like okay. a job i've had before Anyways, so I've had this fellowship since January, and um, when everything started happening, I, instead of really working, because there was nothing for me to do during the lockdown months, uh, because we had this big conference planned for August for a whole week, and that had to be virtualized, and so I wasn't on the team working on virtualizing that. So for a couple months, I really wasn't doing much, to be fully yeah. honest. I, I sat on a lot of meetings uh, with different like cabinet ministers and just you know the AMO board, and I mean they talked to they were talking about the pandemic and they talked about you know, stuff going forward. And it was just really crazy for me to sit and observe and listen to, you know, what's going to happen and the type of recovery plan we were having. Um, and so for me, working was, it, did, it didn't really get serious until about July, August, when I had to start planning for the conference. And even then I was working from home, you know, I attended meetings from home I attended the conference from home like everything was virtualized for me and so I never had a need to go out which was obviously great for mm -hmm. me and I also have two healthcare workers in my family and so you know minimizing the amount of people that go out for the sake of others and just the sake of my family was you know super important but mm -hmm. I, I definitely had a very different uh, situation than both of you because you both were out and about and like Ray I know you were you were out wearing that mask in your nice suit you're like <laughs> mixing, <laughs> yeah, mixing mandatory uh mandatory masks with the oh, yeah. business casual attire <laughs> yeah I mean for my job um that's that was kind of the dress code I worked at a financial institution I worked at a bank um and that was a job that I financial institution for being paid, you know? um, so I yeah you know you had to dress a certain way but I will say to the point on the dress code they did actually lax the dress code attire um for some portions like the business the the casual aspects of it were kind of extended to, to the pretty much all the time because they mm -hmm. they were like you know we're working on more skeleton staff these days like it's fine um so working in a financial institution during the pandem 
pandemic was actually pretty interesting. And this was a, I was in a uh, client facing position. So I was interacting with people who walked in, um, into the bank, like day to day. So I did have to wear a mask throughout the whole day. Um, but the interesting part about it was, um, I was like, I felt some surety because, you know, during the pandemic, if, if anyone's going to go down, it's going to be the smaller businesses, unfortunately, which are essential for the economy. But like those ones who, you know, don't have as much capital. So I was like, okay, if I'm staying here at the bank, like at least I know my job isn't going to suddenly disappear one day, which is true. Like that never happened. Um, so that felt, that gave me a little bit of surety. But what was interesting was just how the kind of day-to-day -day shifted for us. So for anyone who's working in a financial institution during this pandemic time or anyone who even was seeking a loan or a mortgage what's interesting is how the rates were affected across the board everywhere rates fell like everywhere prior to even the lockdown happening so mm -hmm. it responded very very quickly like the rates are kind of like a person in a way like it has its own ebb and flow that reacts to the outside world just like us so the rates were collapsing um we had plenty of people pulling out of our institution because they you know, heard of somewhere else that had better rates. But to be honest, the market for rates was not that great. So in terms of expanding business and in terms of selling financial products, that became a little bit of a challenge because you know, people would have, a, would have a savings account with like 4% and it was, earned, it was calculated daily, paid at the end of the month, and then suddenly it fell to 0.75. Like the, some of the falls were insane. And you had to still kind of keep the business and keep people interacted and that was difficult. Um, another thing that also affected us was that our um, work actually expanded because for a lot of people who were working at the head office, we had to do a lot of their stuff. So we had to do mortgage payouts, we had to do deposits, we had to do a lot of inter-departmental um, stuff that was a little bit foreign to us. It wasn't that bad. It was, most of it was just kind of scanning it and sending it over, but we did have to process something. So we had to kind of learn it for ourselves. So it really did affect day-to-day -day work because it felt like some things were expanding it felt like some things were going down it kind of just changed the overall flow of everything um but in terms of being client facing the whole time that was a little bit of a source of anxiety at the start because i was nervous that some like someone's gonna walk in who we didn't know that had something that you know so i had to keep the mask on we also had like a acetate clear like divider between us and the um, members of the bank and so we had to keep that distance and for the most part everything was safe on paper we had plenty of PPE we had plenty of um, safeguards to make sure no one's getting sick it just just the general uneasiness that comes with working any kind of uh, forward-facing um, job was there and also something else that was interesting was how the uh, province of Ontario literally rewrote what is considered to be essential businesses. I had mm -hmm. a whole kerfuffle with my job about that. <laughs> I don't know if I have time for the full explanation of that on today's episode, but um, yeah, that was another thing too. So just basically everything regarding my job had a complete 180. Um, things changed I a lot. Things just, it was, it was different. It was really different. I'm going to pretend that I have the financial framework to understand like half of what you said. <laughs> we love it. I don't oh know if uh, what a someone, someone normal rate looks like. Someone will resonate with that. I do yeah. get like the mortgage stuff a little. Um, yeah. 
when you started talking about percentages of things i was like well this is not something that i know what happened what is happening anyway (laughs) um i wanted to ask you guys uh what do you think about like like everyone's talking about like work from home and all that stuff because we just you know both me and ray were at um physical locations but then like rick ed you were saying you were working from home um what do you think of like sort of digitizing and like virtualizing everything especially with stuff like school work like just regular jobs where people typically you know work in an office setting um is this sort of like appear into the future the virtual future the 20 you know 20 xx whatever year is going to look like this like what do you guys think i think that's super interesting in itself because it we're going through a time that nobody really can predict and can know and what happens in the next few years is going to be talked about yeah by future generations Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interesting in the sense that whatever we do now is really important because it really sets the stage for how you know everything will recover and economic recovery is a whole other topic that we could literally spend hours talking about from different standpoints, but I, or I know not, me, because we just said we don't have financial frameworks to understand anything. Frameworks. Okay. <laughs> so I maybe mean, Ray like, can do an episode about this. Me and Ray are going to sit down and have an economic recovery uh, episode about we'll, <laughs> and how yeah, to we'll, bring. We'll, we'll submit it to the federal government and they're going to totally take it. Well, now that we've had some shuffling yeah. in the financial department, then maybe they're up to some suggestions. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I think it's, like for me, it's just crazy. I always come back to this concept of time because that's just how I kind of revolve my life around. And this is the time that I've been gearing up to, you know, move to Ottawa. I had a job lined up mm-hmm. um, in, on Parliament Hill and I was ready to really get into my program. And it's As a very Trudeau's small- personal coffee assistant. <laughs> yeah, Trudeau's personal coffee consul. Yeah, but I think you kind of saw. Um, but it's interesting because like now I'm doing my master's from home and like the biggest advantage to my master's and that they sell it on is the capital advantage. The fact that we're in Ottawa, we're around, you know, the government at the heart of it. And it's, it's a political management master's. This is kind of, this is exactly where you want to be. So not being able to, you know, do my job or see my classmates in person who are, all similar in their attributes and their passions as I am is definitely kind of hard to accept and I don't know what January is going to look like I'm still thinking of moving at that time but it's definitely I foresee I foresee virtualizing a lot of things COVID has definitely given us the opportunity and the framework to see how to virtualize certain industries and I did a podcast episode with a London counselor about virtualizing municipalities and making mm-hmm. more of our services accessible mm-hmm. on the web and just di- on different apps because nobody wants to stand in line at city hall. Nobody wants to show up to city hall. Nobody wants to go to like service Ontario, like all of and service Ontario is provincial, but like just those mm-hmm. tasks that before it'd be like, I need to go get my driver's license renewed or like, I need to go do this. I need to pay a parking bill or parking ticket. Now it's really moving all of those services, all those committee meetings, moving that and virtualizing it, giving people the opportunity to feel safe. 
I think that's the biggest thing is virtualizing equals safety, you know, yeah. and now people are taking safety to a whole other degree. I, I don't hug people when I see them. And like, obviously it's the whole COVID thing, but that's such a normal nature is to hug your friends, to hug the people yeah. around you, shake someone's hand. Like yeah. the way that works too, like networking sessions, like mm-hmm. when you're in a room networking with so many different people, you're in their face, you're ha- shaking hands, like you're clinking whatever you're drinking. <laughs> like <laughs> I, you're wow. rubbing elbows. I, you're I saw Forbes. Really? I saw a Forbes headline that was like, our head, our handshakes, a thing of the past. Like, wow. are they going to be phased out? I was like, I don't I think so. Give it like a year. So. They're going to come back. Humans yeah. need that like physical contact. physical contact. But it's definitely a scary attribute now because yeah, exactly. of how the pandemic is kind of going. And, you know, everyone is gearing up for a second wave everywhere, you know, not just Canada, mm. but, you know, around the world. So I definitely think virtualizing is going to be something of the new norm. I don't foresee it going away anytime soon. Like we're, I think we'll slowly start to go back to like those in-person jobs and like the banks, you know, open like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if I think if there is a job and that it works online and that people can probably stay online. Exactly. I think that will stay. I don't foresee that changing up. Yeah, I've actually, funny enough, I'm going to bring the law back into this, Um, but the the funniest point that I've heard from, actually, this this came directly from someone who I was connecting with during a pre-orientation event for law school. She actually worked and continues to work as a paralegal, but she's still studying law, and she was actually talking about how interesting everything has affected her job now that everything's gone digitally. Um, so she's actually have to go to court virtually, having to do things for clients um, remotely. And some context, she is a uh, refugee lawyer, like a paralegal, sorry. Um, and so she has a very high level of responsibility on her hands. She was literally telling us like, um, you know, if it, it can be a matter of someone being deported or, or not based mm-hmm. on how effective she works. Um, and she said, that it's crazy how she was able to do all these cases without having met any of her clients through, through like the things that they have available now because of COVID. She can um, prepare an entire case, get all these things, communicate with the client and having never met them, having never even set outside of her own home. Um, and another thing that's becoming really interesting in the legal space is how courtrooms are slowly um, better integrating themselves with modern technology and modern methods through being online. I think that that's really important because a big thing about the law for a while is that it's an archaic industry that a lot of the things are very dated, very grandfathered, um, old methods that just persist because of habit. And now COVID has forced a lot of people to be like, you can't do that anymore. You have to innovate because of what's going on. And so they have, and it's apparently done wonders for a lot of lawyers, for a lot of people. And it's a breath of fresh air. A lot of legal professionals are saying, just like that friend of mine, because she was saying how um, it's just interesting, the change of everything and how now this is um, really revolutionized how the law works. So I find that really cool. And I find that that's more of a positive outcome of everything going online. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if anything, we're just like, everyone is eventually gonna just be like brains like this is the equivalent of like those comic book 
uh, series where like everyone is just floating brains in jars and we just communicate telepathically oh or whatever God. through like Wi-Fi networks. <laughs> like we don't need bodies anymore. We don't need to go oh places to get that's kind of that's kind of scary, but. <laughs> I mean, it's the future. That's what I'll say. Maybe. I, stay tuned for the eventual, when the, when the first episode of the podcast is in person, then that's when we know the pandemic is over. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the when official you see mark. Us, <laughs> when you see us all in the same room. Yeah, when you see us all definitely. huddled in the corner of the Starbucks, trying to get reception. <laughs> Talking that's about. When we know. Exactly. And I, that's a really good segue because that does bring us uh, to the end of the episode and I think we had such a great conversation about kind of what was going on through different lenses and you know I know everyone out there is going through something different and you are all definitely trying to navigate your way through these unprecedented times I'm so sorry I had to say it like that but (laughs) we definitely we respect our frontline workers we respect all those that are out there doing their jobs and helping to keep these cases at their all-time low and back into the topic of what you guys want to hear about and if you have any topics that you would like us to talk about or give us give a perspective on please let us know uh you can email us at nqp.podcast or gmail.com or dm us uh on instagram at nqp podcast so thank you so much for listening guys thanks so much i feel like we had such a great conversation today thanks everyone thanks guys always a blast (laughs) and we'll see you next time